0: What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period, and All of the Above podcast extra. My name is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. I am here with Mr. Jeffrey Garrett, Mr. Super Duper Principal Leader Man, and we want to welcome everybody back for another edition of Passing Period. Now, those of you who might be new to All of the Above, perhaps you just started watching or listening last week when we had Liz Kleinrock um, AKA teach and transform on the, on the pod. So this might be like your, your second time around and we want to welcome you back, but you might be wondering, well, why is this one not also in video format and where is the super dope guest and why is this one a little bit shorter? Well, those full episodes that feature our super dope guests and are on video platforms as well as audio only platforms, they take a while to edit. It's just Jeff and I here. Um, that's our entire our entire squad these days. So it takes a while to get those out. So, in between those four episodes, we drop these passing periods that give Jeff and I a chance just to check in on some recent news, things that maybe didn't make it into our most recent episode, and what have you. So, all that being said, Mr. Super Duper Principal Leader Man, how are you this week?
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I, you know, it's always funny to hear you say that, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, I don't know if I would say I'm feeling super duper. Ish, uh, <laughs> feeling a little more inundated and uh, busy-ish, but uh, you know, doing all right, man. Um, I uh, I just got some some good personal news that a uh, a family member of mine is uh, very likely to be relocating to Los Angeles, man. Well, really, which mean, yeah, which would mean uh, exciting things because um, I have I have not lived. Uh, nearby this particular family member since about 1996
0: no, 94 so it's been a minute, man (laughs) yeah, it's a minute
1: yeah, so um, anyways, it is uh, exciting, and I I will have another piece of news on that front, uh, probably the next episode we record Manuel, that I will share with you, because I promise it will uh, be exciting for you you know, in a small way, okay, uh, as well, so I, I hate to be cryptic, but i wa- i don't want to nah. count my chickens before they hatch. We are I here just for that. S- sprinkle the teaser out there for you
0: nice, nice, um cryptic messages and teasers kind of uh drive the internet uh, ecosphere <laughs> nowadays because then you have all uh, the yeah. different pods with their takes about what's really going on, and, and you know that's why Aaron Rodgers has those cryptic messages all the time. you know he likes to be the star of the show, and get all the attention and hey, man, that's the world we live in. So I am here for the cryptic messages, Jeff, big time. Uh, I do wonder, though, if that family member is aware that um, California is a, a liberal disaster and everybody's fleeing because the communists... Have, in, Democrats ruined the Golden State and housing and homelessness and crime. The, the crime, Jeff, the crime is out of control, Jeff. So I don't know if you
1: Well, it's the sanctuary
0: cities. That's, it's, that's, yes.
1: That's what you forgot to mention. Just
0: yes. a mess. But okay, if they mm-hmm. want to come into this this place, then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Golden State. Um, that's great, Jeff. And actually, <laughs> uh, I, I do think it would be worthwhile to spend some time today on this passing period discussing and kind of uh, focusing on some of the the more positive stories that are out there in education, because, of course, these are tough times for educators all over. And of course, there's a lot of work to be done and there are a lot of challenges ahead. But that does not mean that there is neither hope nor progress um, on a lot of these fronts, Jeff. And I feel like this week we saw quite a few signs that there are some good moves being made by folks um, and that all is not lost in the battle for honest, humanizing, truthful education. And we have several items I think that we could touch on this week to, to just remind folks, remind the AOTA family that we are, you know, we're going we're gonna to win in the end. We're going to make it. We're going to make it, Jeff. Um, one of my favorite rappers, his name is uh, Elzai. He's out of Detroit. And um, he had an album about his... Uh, Battle with depression and uh, a line he had in there, which I find myself using a lot, even though it's you know, corny or whatever. But um he said something about don't let the losses get to you. Um not look at me butchering the line. Look at me butchering <laughs> the line. Uh don't let the losses get to you. Um the ups dang, I'm 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 gonna- Can
1: we put cricket can we okay. put cricket noises?
0: I I could definitely do that. uh, (laughs) I I, I could definitely (laughs) do that. When we
1: edit the episode. And by we, I mean when you edit the episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could just cut this out. I could cut this out and make it sound like everything's so perfect and all that. But no, Uh, something about um, behind every... uh, Or it's the ups and downs that create the Ws. Going through the ups and downs creates the W. Uh, Meaning like, you know, the ups and downs are the path towards winning and getting the Ws. And there are a lot of ups and downs in education. And um, we're going to focus on the ups today. We're going to focus on the ups. So... Jeff, where are we going to start? Where are we going to start?
1: Yeah, well, um, okay, let's jump into probably one of the topics that I think both we've talked a lot about on the show in, in recent, you know, really over the last year, I would say, especially, um, and with just like a constant state of, of escalating outrage, right? Which is the uh, the white supremacist uh, fascist Uprising against the teaching of truthful history in this country—that's going by the so-called attack on on critical race theory, right? Which we know is just completely disingenuous. And folks, all the above is generally a family-friendly show. We talk about serious topics, but we do so with civility. We do so with, uh, you know, with like polite dinner table language. I know people—you're not supposed to talk religion and politics at the dinner table, but if you did the way we do. People wouldn't hate each other at the end of the conversation, I would like to think. Um, But we're going to say something right here. So, you know, cover the ears of of the sensitive people around or the youngsters who you think haven't heard cussing before, but have, Uh, (laughs) as every educator will tell you. uh, But there's some, some white supremacists, white nationalist fascist politicians and organizations and entities in this country that really just showed their ass recently. Uh, Big time, like full full moon, full showing, uh, just just looking ridiculous. Okay, and um, I'm happy that in that sense, these people have uh, have been sort of outed in a certain way for those who, uh, you know, who maybe haven't been paying close attention and have honestly been thinking that like. Well, I don't know. Critical race theory sounds scary. And so maybe we should do something about it. And I don't want white kids to hate themselves. So I don't know. Maybe we should, you know, prevent discomfort in classrooms in Florida or whatever. Right. Um, But finally, we have these folks looking foolish, hateful, bigoted, which is what they are. And which is their motivation along with their own personal financial interests. And this story, which is just so wonderful, Manuel, coming to us out of the state of Indiana, um, is uh, is describing how the most recent attempt there to pass one of these ridiculous, you know, white supremacist lie bills. Uh, that would outlaw so-called critical race theory in K-12 education has just recently failed. Okay, so uh, we came across this article. It's in um, the online publication Popular Info, um, and uh, it's dated March 2nd, so about a week ago now, um, or you know, a few days ago now. And they uh, just did some great reporting about how the Indiana legislature had been attempting, as lots and lots of states have been doing, to uh, put in one of these ridiculous uh, anti-CRT bills in place. And they had kind of a a moment that blew up in their face a little bit because there was a teacher um, whose name I want to get right here because props to him, Matt Brockenfeld, okay, who is an Indiana history teacher who testified against this ridiculous law, uh, which would have required that teachers, quote, remain impartial in teaching curricular materials. Okay, now Brackenfeld said he was teaching the rise of Nazism right now, and quote, we're not neutral on Nazism. We take a stand in the classroom against it, and it matters that we do. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> like, talk about non-controversial statements of the week that, <laughs> in the right context, <laughs> become highly noteworthy. Okay? So, uh, Mr. Brockenfeld, uh, you know, doing his thing, testified for the people, uh, or Bach, Bockenfeld, I'm sorry, I mispronounced that, um, had an exchange with State uh, Senator Scott Baldwin, a uh, Republican, um, who was the author of the bill, and uh, replied to this teacher that he believed that Bockenfeld Bockenfeld, I'm sorry, I keep doing that, and other teachers had an obligation to be, quote, impartial when discussing Nazism. He said, and this is a quote, I believe that we've gone too far when we take a position on those isms. We need to be impartial, okay? Uh, end quote. So, uh, <laughs> so that exchange well, blew up in the yeah, blew up in the Indianapolis Star and in the you know in the, in the newspaper, social media. Like, dude, for real, we're just gonna be neutral on Nazism right now. Like, that's probably not a good look. Um, so, parallel to this, a story broke, uh, which helped sink this bill at least for now. Which is that because um, the bill was going through the Indiana House and it passed. And then it got shut down in the state Senate. And what happened is parallel to this sort of scandal about being neutral against Nazism was um, that it it became known that, uh, let me see if I can find this gentleman's name, House Speaker Todd Houston. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, also Republican, um, who uh, of course was a champion for this bill. He, uh, in addition to his role as Speaker of the Indiana State Legislature's House of Representatives, is paid or was paid, we should say, four hundred and sixty thousand dollars, four hundred and sixty thousand seven hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Let me get that correct. Wait, what was that? Annually,
0: what was was that number again? Four
1: hundred and sixty. That's four six zero comma seven three eight period zero zero. Okay, so I would like every teacher in America to just figure out how many years of work would you have to do? A lot, a lot. <laughs> to get to get that much money, because that was many, the many. first thing I did, okay? Um, and how did he make that money? Well, he served as the College Boards, yes, that College Boards, Senior Vice President for State and District Partnerships, which I can assure you is a job that gives him not only all sorts of conflicts of interest in, in his work as the Speaker of the Indiana House, but also is very revealing of just how embedded in a vicious white supremacist, uh, you know, legislative agenda the College Board is despite some of their, their rhetoric here, okay? Now, ultimately, the College Board, I'm sure, is just self-interested and has to play with these folks, but they're playing with the devil here, okay? So, uh, so this story blows, you know, very big scandal. College Board gets rid of uh, or parts ways with, uh, with Todd Houston, um, and the Indiana State Legislature uh, doesn't pass the bill because the state senate doesn't even bring it up for a vote. The uh, senate uh, majority leader said he didn't have the votes uh, to take it up. So in this one case, and frankly, I'm sure the bill will be back um, with we're just some little on the band-aids positive, on it.
0: Focus on yeah, the Yeah, we're going to
1: focus on the positive. The, Indiana, the state of Indiana, not exactly a bastion of progressive political thought, okay, uh, has, um, has uh, not passed a ridiculous white supremacist anti CRT bill, and the college board got rid of one of these ridiculous white supremacist politicians from their uh, leadership, uh, who they were paying way too damn much money, okay? Uh, <laughs> and both of these things happened at the same time, and both the college board walking away with its tail between its legs and the Indiana white supremacist politicians realizing they couldn't accomplish what they wanted in this instance is a beautiful synergistic moment. Of like tr- truth, you can you can obscure it, but you cannot extinguish the light of truth. Uh, and so, hopefully, an inspirational story and hopeful reminder that like something good can happen even in the midst of this right wing back- backlash we're we're living in right now. Manuel,
0: absolutely, and I love this story for several reasons, mainly being that their anti CRT bill. Um, didn't make it, at least for the time being. I love that. I also love that there was a classroom teacher at the heart of stopping this in his tracks. I'm looking at the, the article that you're reading from, which of course will be linked underneath this, Um, underneath this episode and this teacher Matt Bakkenfeld like the screenshot they have of him speaking to the the committee there is like his body language is just so like matter of fact like he has his hands out and he's like but we're not neutral on Nazism like we take a stand in the classroom against it and it matters that we do and like he's the way he's postured towards him it's almost it's just so matter of fact like obviously we can't remain impartial on everything, like Nazism, for example. And it's just so matter of fact. And I love that that simple statement, like stop this in its tracks, or at least appears to have, because then, you know, you had this this full state senator, Scott Baldwin, like doubling down on like, I think we've gone too far when we take a position on these isms. And it's just so ridiculous that it's it's just one of those moments where this move towards towards banning books and banning curriculum and doing all these things has happened so fast, so quickly, that like it's, it's been difficult, it seems like, to like take a moment to just pause and be and just have folks who aren't like deep into the conversations around it just to stop and be like, oh, wait, yeah, duh. Well, like, we can't we're not neutral on everything like that's ridiculous. Think about Nazism. And it's just moments like these that I think highlight the ridiculousness of this um, this partisan fight to get rid of of curricular materials that have a humanizing lens on on folks of different backgrounds and have t- truthful telling and teaching of America's past and present. It's just it. I love it. I love it. I love it. An educator taking time out to go and speak up against this. And it seems that that one educator had a pretty big role to play here, although I'm sure there are many educators who spoke that day um, against this, I'm sure. And also just this dude was making almost half a million dollars from the college board and also serving as speaker of the Indiana House and championing championing this anti-CRT legislation, that is just, just I am I, having trouble wrapping my head around him being paid that much. Cause I, I heard the story, I saw it break on like Twitter like a month ago when folks are like, oh, this college board exec also is speaker of the house and also is championing this uh, anti-CRT. But I didn't realize, I i don't know, in my head I was like, oh, he's probably like a you know consultant with the college board. So I, I didn't think he was actually like the position that he is, which is senior vice president, or was, Which is senior vice president for state and district partnerships. Almost half a million from this nonprofit. And I'm thinking so much of that half a million comes from students like ours who, you know, take the PSAT and the SAT and and these AP classes and all that. I'm like, this dude was making that much money and serving. At the same time as a legislator, like that is ridiculous. I, you know, I got an email for my annual, like this form I had to fill out because I'm on the uh, Instructional Quality Commission a form, a statement of our economic interests to, you know, be transparent and show that we're not, you know, being paid by somebody who has a particular agenda when it comes to any of the items that we work on. And I'm so careful about that. And I'm like, oh, you know, I got paid this uh, stipend to be part of this workshop at UCLA. Do I have to put that on here? All this stuff. And here's a dude making half a million or almost half a million from the college board and serving as a state rep is just ridiculous. I'm so glad that got outed. And I'm so glad he got dropped. And I'm so glad this bill got stopped. I think it's a reminder to me, a classroom teacher that, you know, my voice matters, our voice matters. We got to speak up against this, just like this uh, teacher in Indiana did. And it's also a reminder that the even though these bills have, have swept the nation and, and passed so quickly, it doesn't mean they can't be stopped. And even if this bill comes back, it'll come back in a different form and there'll be another fight against it. But like, it doesn't mean it's just automatic. It doesn't mean that when they introduce one of these bills, that it's just a done deal, that there's no longer space for the truth in the classroom. So it's a reminder of all that. And it's a reminder that um When there are are things lurking in the shadows, bring them to light and force some change. In this case, he was on the college board's payroll for who knows how long and finally hit the public aware, uh, you know, public became aware of it. And now, boom, apply pressure and he's out of there. So I love it, man. I love it. More of this, please. More of this, please. Yeah, yeah. One,
1: one maybe closing note on this particular good news story, because we get, we got more, uh, <laughs> is, Matt, well, and I know you're going to appreciate this. So uh, for folks who maybe don't know, uh, there's a guy named David Coleman, who is the head of the college board. OK, now, David Coleman uh, is probably most um, well-known for his involvement in the creation of the Common Core Standards. Um, he's also, I, I had occasion to meet him uh, a couple of times, not like we're good friends or any, anything of the sort, but I have seen him speak, been in the same room with him, and personally spoken to him uh, for, for brief moments. Um, and I feel I can say he is, he presents as just like a supremely arrogant white man. Okay? I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I thought you were about and to say Mike, something
0: nice about him and everything. The way he some, you-
1: somebody out there is gonna get mad at me about it, but I said what I said and show me some evidence to the contrary. I'd be happy to to you know eat some humble pot. Um, okay, so David Coleman, um, in an email obtained by uh, popular info, um, Uh, sent out an email to the College Board staff announcing it was parting ways with Houston. Um, Here is that email. Uh, It goes, colleagues, I want to share some important leadership updates. Todd Houston recently let me know that the demands of both his role here and his elected position are not sustainable. And he wants to devote more time to his work in the Indiana House of Representatives. Todd leaves the college board with a number of extraordinary achievements in delivering our mission. At the same time, Todd shined as a leader internally, widely admired as a great boss. Okay, so. Well, there's a lot going (laughs) going on in that statement. Todd Houston is clearly a white supremacist vicious bigot who's using his office to conduct psychological warfare on children of all races uh, uh, across the state of Indiana, um, and with his role in the College Board seeking to extend that harmful influence nationally and even internationally, because people take AP classes around the globe. Indeed. Okay? So, yeah. So, uh, the fact... <laughs> That, uh, you know, there's no interrogation of this dude's politics and th- what he's trying to push. This clearly, like, I want to spend more time with my family type of message. I want to devote more time <laughs> to my role as a state legislature in Indiana. Clearly, you care nothing about the people of Indiana. Clearly, you care about getting paid. And you care about doing the bidding of your, you know, your folks who want to lie about CRT and just say say white supremacist stuff. So, um, Yeah, the fact that this got stopped, exposed, bringing some scandal to both the Indiana State Legislature and these disingenuous attempts at laws and the college board itself for uh, helping to propagate this kind of stuff, Manuel, I think is ultimately a very good thing. Um, And I appreciate all of the journalists and potentially others who have been involved in exposing this because uh you know like you said sunlight is often the best antiseptic and you know when when people see what these folks are up to it really doesn't look good right and things things can be stopped but um they they tend to thrive in the shadows
0: these kind of folks yeah for sure for sure so so the, lots of lessons here the teacher voice matters uh these bills can certainly be stopped um shedding light on these devious networks of bad actors that you could bring some some level, some measure of change, and and the the good, solid work of um, of journalists has a big role to play in slowing down and in some cases stopping this this forward movement. So, what other lessons we got out? Th- we, what other lessons do we have out there, Jeff? I, I believe the the College Board, which I am not a fan of, and I think I've said that many many times across uh, across our seasons of all of the above. But I do believe the College Board also released some sort of um, clarification about what they stand for and sort of where their thinking is around these sorts of anti-truth bills and measures. So help us, uh, catch us up on what the the College Board is saying nowadays about these efforts.
1: Yeah, the College Board uh, has a statement on their website. And honestly, Manuel, I'm not sure if this statement is in response to this recent stuff or if this has been up for a while? I don't don't know if you know.
0: Yeah, that's a good, I don't know, but I saw people tweeting about it just out of nowhere. So I wanna say like it's recently been put up there, but I could definitely be wrong. It doesn't have any date on the website. It doesn't say anything about like, you know, posted on this day or whatever, but the way folks, at least the way folks are talking about it online, they're talking about it as if it's new or recently um, updated. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It definitely. And and I think either way, in this moment of vicious attacks against public education, against truthful teaching of history, which frankly, whether you like AP or not, the AP U.S. history curriculum, let's just say, you know, it does engage in at least some measure of critical analysis of of historical events, right? And so you might want. You might disagree, you might want more or less, right? But it's not just a purely, like, white men are the greatest thing that's ever happened and here's all we're going to talk about is how wonderful they are, right? Right. So so in the context of this larger debate and and sort of battle for the soul of education, the College Board uh, has a bunch of sort of statements about what they stand for, Which uh, they say, you know, thousands of AP teachers contributed to articulating these principles. Um, They say they are not new, they are rather a reminder of how AP already works in classrooms nationwide. Um, And they uh, want these principles to ensure that teachers' expertise is respected. Um, that required course content is understood and that students are academically challenged and free to make up their own minds, okay? So these uh, these principles in brief include uh, standing for clarity and transparency, standing for an unflinching encounter with evidence, opposing censorship, opposing indoctrination, a uh, fostering an open-minded approach to the histories and cultures of different peoples, um, ensuring that every AP student um, who engages with evidence is listened to and respected, and lastly, that AP is a choice for parents and students. So, you know, honestly, Manuel, this is like, I'm going to borrow a phrase from a, a friend of mine and say, like, this is like super weak sauce right here right like there's nothing in here like who can disagree with any of this right except the most like virulent bigots in our society um so you know okay great it's out there um i think i'm most um you know most interested in <laughs> frankly and just kind of seeing ap a little bit on the defensive and having to like uh to say like hey how are we either propagating White premises, lies, or interrupting them. And neutrality is not actually uh, an instructionally or morally sound principle to take on every issue. Um, like our good friend, Mr. Bakkenfeld from Indiana reminded us, there are topics upon which we should absolutely not be neutral. Um, and there are others where, you know, let's have an open debate about it, right? So um, I found it, I found it, helpful and interesting. And I just kind of like to see AP having to feel like it needs to to do something like this. But what's what's your take, Manuel?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see it as just another tool in the toolbox. I mean, it's, it's definitely not nearly as strong as it should be. It's from the college board. So like, you know, in, in a sense, it kind of reminds me of some of those statements from corporations during the summer of 2020, uh during what we thought was a racial we- uh, reckoning and all these uh, different Corporations releasing statements and and pledging themselves to this and that. So it's kind of it kind of reminds me of that in the sense of like okay, this big institution is promising to do right or whatever. But still, it's another tool in the toolbox because it does offer language in there that says that AP or in the AP designation will be taken off of. Um, courses that have uh, elements in them that are restricted or censored or banned in their particular states. So for example, if the concept of evolution isn't allowed to be taught in in um, a fair way, in a fair way, in a scientific way, in biology, then like you can't have AP biology in that state, like straight up. So it's a tool in the toolbox for those who argue that, you know, there are some folks out there who argue that they think the um, emphasis on race and culture and cultural responsiveness and all these things that somehow quote unquote water down the curriculum, whatever happened to just reading and math, reading and writing. And, you know, my kid wants is advanced and they're there to learn about, you know, whatever. This is a tool in the toolbox. So it's like, okay, yeah, go with this legislation. And some of this AP stuff, some of this advanced stuff that you are so focused on is going to get stripped. And it's it's just one lever that's there that might that might be helpful in states like Florida where the Stop Walk Act has language in there about not being able to teach things that make students uncomfortable this that whatever i'm sure there are there's material in several AP classes such as AP US History where there's stuff in there that could be deemed um, material that would make a student uncomfortable so like if a district wants to strip certain aspects of its curriculum to to fulfill the requirements of the stop woke act then here's a lever that parents could organize around to say okay fine then we're going to petition to the college board to strip these courses of their ap designation and let's see how that feels for you so it's something it's something and i did look it up while you were um explaining this statement and it is it is new uh the today show had an okay. article about it that um we'll put the link underneath this podcast so like the today show has ar- an article about it and i i i expect that some of the or many of the viewers of the today show are those quote-unquote suburban moms who you know are concerned about what their kids are learning in school this and that so when they see the today show saying like hey look uh, these bills are passing and the AP or the college board is saying uh, some of these bills might get in the way of AP curriculum and in those cases the AP designation will be taken off I think that's something that might resonate with families that otherwise don't really know a whole lot about this issue so to me Hey man, it's a tool. It's it's far it's far from the sort of uh strong stance that I would want to see an organization like the College Board take. But I also don't ever expect the College Board to take a strong stance on anything related <laughs> to uh equity and justice. So yeah, so there's that. So I'll take it. I'll take it as a win. I'll take it as a I'll take it as good news, you know, not great news, but something um that is in a direction towards being positive. How about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Not like, you know, I, I'm not going to go uh, screaming and celebrating through the hallways or anything, but I'm going to be like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like a little, you know, it, a little something. It, it's always nice. It's always nice when we who believe in justice and equity and good things in the world, are not playing defense in every moment, in every scenario. There you go. Right? It's exactly. nice when the others have to play defense. And so right. I appreciate those moments when these folks had to play defense on their
0: side. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so that's a lesson there about in certain cases, perhaps institutions that you wouldn't expect to be very helpful at all in the fight for justice and in the fight for what's right. Um, sometimes they can be pushed to to um, be on the right side or to show what side they are on, even though they did give you know a little little bit of deference to that whole like indoctrination argument that that folks on the right make, which is totally baseless. But still, like you know, they they took a a bit of a stand and they stood on the side of of open curriculum and not banning and censoring things. So I'll take that, and I'm sure they only did it because that exec that they were paying half a million, um, got their name all up in the news. But hey, whatever, man, I'll take it. Yeah.
1: Indeed. Well, should, should we go to uh, another story yeah. that's uh, let's keep you know, it rolling? Let's keep it rolling. Interestingly hopeful here. Uh- <laughs> yeah, we're on W's this okay. week,
0: man. We're talking about wins here. Let's go. What else we got?
1: Yeah, man. So we're gonna slide over to the uh, the Republic of Texas, uh, which you know is a is a special place. And honestly, <laughs> there's almost nothing good in terms of policy happening in Texas at all. But uh, on Twitter. Many folks may have seen uh, this past week, uh, it kind of went viral, video of uh, anti-trans Texas House candidate Jeff Younger. Uh, just given the Jeffs all a bad name, Jeff Younger. Uh, mm. <laughs> he was invited by the young conservatives of the University of North Texas to come to campus and, I don't know, spew hate speech, I, I guess. Uh, and he showed up and essentially he found out what it was like to perform at the Apollo if your stuff is whack. <laughs> so he basically got shouted off the stage uh, by students who were like, dude, your your ideas are trash, your politics are trash, we don't want to hear from you. Uh, and the video, you know, kind of blew up online. Of course, the range of comment, you know, you know it's, it's always dangerous to look in the comment sections, you know, people being like, well, oh, this is unprofessional behavior. There are better ways to protest. There's always better ways to protest, right? Right. Um, so, you know, a beautiful moment of student activism there. And, you know, just to give people a little bit of context, Manuel, before I, I hand it over to you to to comment on this. Uh, Because I think a lot of people might not really know who Jeff Younger is, okay? So Jeff Younger, who's running uh, for the Texas State Legislature, um, on his uh, website has a section entitled, Why I'm Running, uh, and it it says he was motivated to run for office after a court battle with his ex-wife over the custody of his two children, one of whom is transgender. Younger, who ultimately lost custody of his children, accused his ex-wife of child abuse for allowing their child to transition. Uh, Now, Younger said, quote, despite overwhelming support from the people of Texas, the legislature blocked all attempts to outlaw sex change surgeries on children. The Texas legislature ran out the clock on my on my son's life End quote. Okay. Um, (laughs) so. uh, this is, this is your boy, okay, who, who showed up to speak. And, of course, Texas is also the site where Governor Greg Abbott, uh, you know, little Trump Jr., uh, one of the Trump Juniors, um, who has unleashed the state's law enforcement apparatus and agencies to investigate parents that are seeking medical care for transgender children, okay? Uh, now, this is, of course, tied up in litigation right now, so we'll see where it goes. It seems obviously you know, abusive and unconstitutional, but it's America, so anything can happen. But uh in this case, your boy Jeff Younger booed off the stage. Uh cra- crazy hateful white man who lost his kids because he couldn't accept that, you know, one of them was transgender, I guess. Uh <laughs> so, you know, maybe there's some justice in the world, man. Well, maybe. Uh what what say you man. on uh <laughs> on poor Jeff's reception at the University of North Texas?
0: Or Jeff's reception. Man, you know, so I saw the viral video, like I'm sure some of our audience members, some of our AOTA family saw it. And, uh, you know, it's a room full of young people. I, I was assuming they're high schoolers, but it seems like many of them might be uh, college students at the University of North Texas. And just a room packed with them, and they are pounding the desks, chanting, F these fascists, dun 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 dun. And it's just like so many of them, and it's so loud. I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. And then that led me to like a thread posted by a student at University of North Texas, uh, whose name is Ishmael Belcora. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. And uh, this appears to be a student at University of North Texas who's on Twitter. And he basically tweeted out like play by play this whole night as it was happening, as you know Jeff Younger walked in the room and this and that, whatever. And it's just a hilarious thread of Just like, it just, it almost reads like something out of like the office or something like that. Because, you know, the room is packed. Speaker comes in. Immediately they start booing. Immediately they start chanting. And then it says, there's a tweet that says, a man with a shirt that says all lives matter is asking protesters for their names. Next tweet, cop asks him to stop. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, this sounds like it's going downhill very quickly for this Jeff Younger person. (laughs) Uh, And then it's... uh, People, uh, people don't want him to speak. Uh, they started making noise again, and then it goes on and on. Younger now called the crowd Russia, as well as a continuation of calling them <laughs> communists. Younger what is now. What
1: does that even mean? <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't know. Uh,
1: Russia's not communist, dude. It's like, not. It's well, seriously not even a little bit communist.
0: <laughs> um, Younger is now uh, yelling at crowd, calling them communists. Uh, the chant trans rights echoing through the room. And it's just, it's just, uh, I I don't know, it's just beautiful to see young people. You know, we say like, you know, the youth, the youth are all right. Like the youth are better than us. They're going to get us there. And seeing this is like a reminder that, yeah, these youth, they are not here for the civility. They're not here for the, you know, both sides conversation. They are here to let these fascists know, like, nah, you and your hatred is not welcome here. Not even in North Texas, outside, you know, outside of, you know, liberal urban America, like doesn't matter. Your stuff is not welcome. And it's just, it's just great. And it's comedy also because yeah, he's calling the communists, calling them Russia as if Russia has a, you know, a just and humanizing view of our LGBTQ plus population. Like, come on now, like Russia really? So yeah, it's, um, I found it hilarious and it says, uh, (laughs) somebody drew on the board, Um, quote, doesn't pay child support. And so they're going in on him being a terrible dad. And I just love it, man. Young people, man, I love it. Like this, in addition to the other stories we've talked about, is just like kind of like showing like the all sides, the multiple... The multiple means, the multiple tools, the multiple methods that there are for standing up against bigotry, against hate, and and having a role. And here we have the students taking action. And I've, I love it, man. I, I found it hilarious, and I found it heartwarming seeing them chanting F these fascists right to his face as he was trying to, like, speak. It was great.
1: Yeah yeah I, I am with you on that manuel, and i I do recognize that to to a certain extent, there is a slippery slope when we try to silence certain forms of speech and the the history teacher in me recognizes that, but also I'm very much uh reminded of the the always brilliant words of james Baldwin and I'm, I'm gonna mess up this direct quote, but it's something to the effect of like we can talk about stuff and argue and disagree. Um, But not if that disagreement is rooted in your denial of my humanity. Right. And in in the case of Jeff Younger, there is just very clearly a person with a hateful, bigoted agenda whose primary animating idea uh, that he's trying to use to gain political power is to is to sort of weaponize bigotry in policy. Right. And, you know, there's I'm sure lots of other things that he's about as well that I probably disagree with, but we don't have to hold space for all ideas. Not all ideas are good ideas. And I think we all know this on like a very basic level. I'm sure we've all had like a group of friends and that one friend who just like, sometimes just says like stupid stuff, you know? And you're just like, dude, we're not gonna talk about that, that's a dumb idea. (laughs) Like, we're gonna talk about the good ideas. And I think this is, in some ways, an extension uh, of that to say, like, no, this isn't just some open marketplace of ideas. Your hateful ideas, you can go have them privately at your house. But here in the public space, we're not going to make room for this kind of stuff. That's just about the denial of other people's humanity and and restricting of people's rights and oppressing of people. Um, we don't have we don't have tolerance for that. Um, And I think even though that is potentially a slippery slope, in this case, it's clear that they were on the right side, the moral arc of history, if you will. And uh, I love it. Go young people, as you said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff. A lot of a lot of wins this week, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of forward motion that helps at least for me, speaking for myself, it helps remind me that all is not lost, that despite the speed with which this anti-CRT wave, um, which, you know, we gotta, this shouldn't even call it that because it's not really obviously about CRT, um, but this this wave is, it's all is not lost, all is not lost. And um, one, other, one other positive tidbit that I feel meshes with today's theme, today's passing period theme is this uh, super dope toolkit that, I came across uh, thanks to a collaboration between the Expectations Project. And of course, we recently featured uh, Zakia Jackson on the show, um, president of the Expectations Project. And that was a super dope episode. Scroll back through the feed to um, find that one if you missed it, but a collaboration between the Expectations Project and Educolor So I don't even have what else to say about EduColor. They are fantastic, fantastic organization. If you don't know, get informed, EduColor.org. Shout out to Jose Wilson. Um, But yeah, they collaborated on this project called Truth Matters for Students. And what we have here are a collection of toolkits and um, resources for not just students, but teachers as well, parents and community members to get involved in standing up for the truth. Um, They say on on the website, which is truthmattersforstudents.com. We'll throw that in the uh, episode description down below, truthmattersforstudents.com. They say on the website, we all have a role to play in ensuring truth for students. Learn what's going on and what we can do about it. Together, we can make a difference. And these toolkits are super accessible. Now, folks who listen to our show and folks who are on our show, you know, they – Know a lot about these battles, and know a lot about what's happening, and know a lot about um, what's at stake. But you know, a lot of folks who who's who don't work in education or or who you know just haven't really been focusing on on these stories. A lot of them maybe don't know much, and these toolkits are fantastic resources for getting folks up to speed. Great back. Uh, background on what's going on. Great little uh, summary of of why does it matter, and tidbits in there about how to uh, what can be done to fight back, connecting and learning and advocating, and uh, some breakdown of some of the key terms that are floating around. So if you have somebody in your family or uh, somebody who works at your school or students who are interested or whatever, whatever, like these toolkits or we excellent ways to catch them up to speed. And there's some other stuff up there too. So it's a reminder for me that there are dope organizations out there doing the work and fighting back because we are not just going to passively sit back and watch truth be stripped from the classroom. So shout out to the expectations project, shout out to EduColor, and shout out to all the other organizations out there who are activating and stepping up and doing something about this right wing wave that is sweeping the classrooms um, across the nation. So uh, super dope, man. So like Again, there's all these different ways that folks are fighting back and from speaking at the Indiana House and getting that bill stopped to um, exposing a college board exec who was behind what who was behind the bill and supporting that bill to students showing up and shouting down uh, fascist dehumanizing rhetoric to organizations like Ed- Expectations Project and EduColor out here doing it big to even uh, the institution like the College Board. Um issuing a stand and and making sure that it's clear that they're not going to just allow um, their own content to be censored and, and banned and all that. So, hey, man, lots of little, lots of different ways that um, the fight is being taken to this bigotry, to this dehumanizing um, movement. So good stuff, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Huge props to uh, Zakiya Jackson, Jose Wilson, um, both esteemed all the above show alumni who have graced the, uh, the stages here, uh, and joined us for conversation, uh, brilliant folks doing wonderful work. I'm actually looking right now at the student toolkit. Um, that's a part of, uh, of this larger, uh, you know, truth matters campaign. And, uh, it's just, it's so, you know, brief, concise, captures some of the big ideas. Like if you need to help Kids or teachers or parents or anyone like understand this issue and get why they need to speak up. Um, it's a great resource, man. Really, really powerful. And exactly the kind of thing that Sakia talked to us about um, just a few weeks back. So um, love it. Love it. Love it, man. Well, I'm happy we get to talk about so much. Uh, good news today, because we very often are talking about more critical uh, conversations, which is fine, which is why we do the show and you know what, what brings people to it in many ways. But we also got to have, uh, as, as Goldie Muhammad would remind us, man, well, we got to root our work in joy as well. And today, we get to take some joy in the brilliance of people we respect in the uh, exposure of fraudulent white supremacists fascists who, who we, who oppose us, uh, and, you know, and, and movement small or big in the direction of justice, um, on the policy front. And so we'll take it, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for sure. All right, folks. So last week we had Liz Kleinrock, Super Dope Educator talking about how to have these conversations in the classroom, especially with younger students, um, conversations around race and justice and equity. And next week, we have Dr. Cynthia Gonzalez, who is going to come to the show to talk to us about pilot schools and innovation. And folks, if you are not familiar with um, pilot schools and I I am not familiar with pilot schools. Um, you definitely don't want to miss the show because, in addition to all the work that we got to do to build uh, humanizing spaces in the classroom for students of all backgrounds, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that within an existing education system that is just with, with restricted by the structures that have been around for so long. And pilot schools are one effort that uh, some folks are taking, some folks in Los Angeles are taking to um, provide for some innovation within within the structure of the public school district. So we're going to hear from Dr. Cynthia Gonzalez uh, to hear more about pilot schools and how they offer some, um, some potential for the work of bringing educational justice to students of all backgrounds, particularly our most marginalized. So you don't want to miss that episode. Another super dope guest on the way, and that will be next week's episode. So yeah. Anything else, Jeff, before we get out of here?
1: Uh, all I would say is if people want to support the show, Manuel, um, we talked a lot today about issues related to the teaching of truth, uh, and you can get one of these beautiful, fancy, all the above teach the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth t-shirts or hoodies, uh, on our website which is aotashow.com slash support. That's aotashow.com slash support. Uh, As Manuel said at the top, this is a small two-person operation, and uh, every little bit uh, that we can can bring in helps us keep bringing the show to you. So uh, do us a solid. Get somebody you love. One of these shirts is a, you know, a birthday gift, a random springtime T-shirt gift, whatever it may be. Uh, join, join the conversation and uh, share some love. And we appreciate you all out there very much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, life can trouble you, but don't fall for the illusions of losing. Because going through the ups and downs creates the W. Jeff, that was the line I was trying to remember earlier. Ah, That was, the line. Nice. That was it. Okay. That was it. All
1: right. Yeah. yeah I kind of feel like maybe you said it better uh to be honest
0: <laughs> not you to disrespect your that. boy but I, I yeah
1: i think it's missing the music yeah that's what it is
0: all right folks um thank you for joining us please rate us review us all that good stuff and remember that we love y'all and we look forward to seeing you next time but for now it's time for you to go ahead and get to class